Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about Tempted by the Night by Elizabeth Boyle. This was published in 2008 and is the second book in the Marlowe series, which is tragically incomplete. So the first book is His Mistress by Morning, which we have previously reviewed and which we are pretty much obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Totally obsessed with. I love that book. And this is the second one. And it's clearly leaving some threads. You know it was going to be Griffin and Mary. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm very sad that we'll never know. I know. I know. I, like, I honestly wish you would just indie publish a novella for us just to polish it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, I just need a couple chapters. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot to say. So let's just dive in with the book jacket because I want to just say, I know we, this is generally par for the course with series and we've sort of stopped stating it, but like spoilers abound for the previous book. I'm not Mm going to be able to like prevent myself from comparing these two. So just Mm -hmm. like know that his mistress by morning is going to get spoiled to high heaven. And there actually are more spoilers. I feel like in some ways. Possibly. Yeah. Compared to a normal romance novel because of the fantasy element and how magic works. So just yeah, know I mean, that, like, Google's on, spoiling things. let's also be honest, like we're probably going to just spoil this book too. I don't think we can talk about it without spoiling a lot of it. That's fair. So from 2008, if you are afraid of being spoiled, probably cut out after the uh, summary if you're interested. Yeah, Otherwise, just, just read it. Like it again, it's like what, 18, 19 chapters. Alrighty. So the jacket. A secret admirer. They say he's a shameless rake who cares for nothing but pleasure. A rogue who spends his nights in London's lustiest locales, gambling and carousing until dawn. But Lady Hermione Marlowe refuses to believe that the handsome gentleman she's loved from afar for so long could be so wicked. If only she had a way to prove to the ton that Lord Rockhurst is as proper as the rest. If only she knew what he really did under the cover of night. A clandestine encounter. Lord Rockhurst knows what they say about him, and he doesn't care. Let them think his nights are filled with craven debauchery. Only he knows his true purpose, his dangerous goal. But when a mysterious woman falls into his arms and thereby saves his life, Rockhurst will struggle to save his secret. Who is this creature with such tempting curves and an enticing touch? Rockhurst can only wonder how he can trust her, for he knows he cannot resist her. The biggest issue with this book jacket is that it gives you no idea that this is a paranormal romance. This book needed to do one of two things. It needed to either make it clear that she made a wish that altered basic principles of their reality, mm-hmm. or it needed to make it clear that he was like a cursed demon hunter. Yeah, right. Or both. But like this, it's not just the paranormal aspect, it's the like, when he's unable to resist her curves and she sees him, she's fucking invisible. Yep. Like, I feel like that is relevant. Yep. I Just agree. Me? Yeah. 
That was one of the hardest things for me to deal with in this book. Mm -hmm. So the first book in this series, if you recall, Charlotte wishes that her best friend's brother was in love with her. It creates an alternate reality in which she is an irrespectable mistress and therefore Mm -hmm. they are in love but can't be together. And it sort of creates these hijinks. But the only real magic in the book is the ring. Mm Mm-hmm is the creation of the alternate reality. Other than that, there's not really any supernatural hijinks. Yeah. This book does the 180. It is all supernatural. He's got powers. The woman who oversees the ring's powers is a much bigger factor in the text. And because of that, my favorite thing about his mistress by morning is she makes the wish and they wake up in bed together. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the relationship starts in the middle, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. For, like, the alternate reality versions of themselves. And then they've got a backpedal to getting to know each other and having the present-day versions of themselves fall in love. This book takes a while to even get, like, steamy. I I guess it takes a while. I was... This is my second time reading the book. And I will say that I was surprised at how steamy it was, actually. I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying, like, the two main characters aren't alone together and aware of it until 30%, which is not far. Yeah. But that's not when sexy things are happening. And compared to the first book, when it was, like, 5%, like... It was a deviation. They are different books. They're very different. The first one yes. really is like a, what did we call it? Um, Run Lola Run situation where it's yeah. an alternate reality and maybe these different things that you do will will change your reality. This book, it's, it's a paranormal romance. Like there are demons and fairies and they're all out to get London. It, like literally faded mates. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's different. It's, it's still very different. It's very different. It's still very whimsical. Like it's still very Elizabeth Boyle. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So even though there are these faded mates and there's like demons and blah blah blah, it's not something that it's actually very interesting because I just think she has a different tone than a lot of other paranormal romance authors. I agree. It's not contextually or content wise all that different but the way it's presented is much lighter okay so um as usual we generated a random number between one and 50 and then we used that number as a word count to write our own summaries and for this episode the number is 28 (laughs) i think it's interesting because you just said this book should can do one of two things either talk about her invisibility or his um magical requirements right and i think we both tried to include aspects of each of those so i think it's kind of interesting oh so what was your 28 word summary if i were magically compelled to protect regency london from otherworldly threats i know the woman i'd fall in love with would be an invisible wallflower literally you got both There you go. How about you? When you wish to know a man's every secret, you definitely are not expecting him to be the heir to a supernatural pact to protect all of humanity. 
I mean, <laughs> that's one of the things I liked the most about this book. <laughs> she's like, oh, I really want to know his secrets. And then she's like, oh, shit, this is not what I was expecting. She legitimately thinks his secret is going to be that he's a, like, better, more normal person than everyone <laughs> thinks. Like, her friends are like, he is a rake, he fucks hookers, he's got a gambling thing, he probably drinks too much. She's like, I think he is an upstanding gentleman, and you guys are just selling him short. And it's like, no, girl, he's a demon hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least he's not sleeping with whores and drinking whiskey and gambling away his fortune. Eh. Okay. Before we get into tropes, as we mentioned, because we spoiled it, because it happens very early in the book, the wish she makes has her invisible from sundown to sunup. <laughs> and she's going to use that invisibility to know all of his secrets. Uh-huh. How did you feel about how invisible she was for some pretty key moments? Uh, look, I'm going to be honest. I think I read this book. I think I read this book not as something that I'm supposed to take seriously. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> right? And so for me, I was like, okay, this is a way to get like a little bit of like just edging on like kinkiness like just a little bit mm -hmm. in without like she doesn't have she doesn't have to be blindfolded or you know what I mean right so I honestly did not have any issues with it zero I honestly had zero issues okay yeah I don't know did you what about you I don't know. I think I'm still processing it. Yeah. Um, I definitely felt like the fact that he didn't know what she looked like and had never seen her uh -huh. made it feel like what he was fixating on was like, yay, her great wreck or whatever. I mean, Lane, yes. There's literally a part where his cousin is like, is there any, he's like, I don't know how to recognize her. And she's like, is there anything you know about? And his hand gets into the shape of her boob. And he's like, well, I know what her boob feels like. And he actually thinks, well, I can't go around London grabbing everyone's boobs. Like, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I'm sorry. It was hilarious. No, I'm thinking a little bit later once they actually start messing around. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I think on the one hand, you've got this falling in love with someone's personality without knowing what they look like thing that's sort of going on that I get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you've got this like nothing about her physically would resonate with him other than the shape of her boob. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I think it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable that he wouldn't know her if he saw her. Yeah. I don't know. It was just one of those things like I largely thought it was fun and I don't you're definitely not meant to overanalyze it. Like, Elizabeth Boyle is fantastic. But I, you know, like, I was just sitting there like, would I be okay if a dude was like, you feel good. I don't know what you look like. It just feels impersonal in a way. Yeah. I, it shouldn't because, like, obviously your personality is, like, more important than your looks. But 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I also thought it was an interesting... I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't... I was thinking about, like, blindness as well. Because you read it and you're like, okay, is this plausible? Like, and when I say plausible, I don't mean, like, is someone going to turn invisible? That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is, like... Right. What I'm talking about is, like, would this sex scene be plausible if... Anyway, there, she she doesn't shy away from these hilarious things. He's like, what if we had sex right now? He's like, it would be look like I would just, like, be fucking the ground. Right. <laughs> and it, it's really funny, like... And I was like, oh, is that even plausible? And I'm like, of course it is. Like, blind people can have sex. You can have sex in the dark. You know what I mean? Right. You don't need to see someone to have sex with them. So... I don't know. No, I agree with that statement entirely. I, it was just strange to me, mm-hmm. I think, in a way, like, in a way I hadn't had to contemplate before. Yeah. Um, okay. Tropes. There are not a ton of romance novel tropes in this book because it's, su- it's such a unique premise. The main trope is she loves him and he doesn't know she exists. So she's pining from afar. Sort of like brother's best friend-ish, but her brother's relationship with Rockhurst isn't like a huge part of the text. No, no. Mm -mm. Or maybe more like best friend's older brother, because she's friends with Mary. They're cousins, not brother and sister. I know, but it still feels like, you know? Anyway, but that's, that's the main trope, is this like pining from afar... She's always been in love with him, and he has no idea that she exists. Yes. Any other tropes? Like, honestly, that's the main one. I mean, there's a little bit of, like, Jeannie, be careful what you wish for. Sure, yeah. Which I think is both romance and not specific to romance. Um, There's the never know what you're capable of until you have to save the person you love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of course. But you're right. This is there. There are not a lot of romance tropes. It's not very yeah. tropey book. No, I mean, there's the I'm gonna save you and then you disappear before midnight, like the Cinderella. There's there's a little Cinderella tropiness to this as a whole. A little bit, mm-hmm. like she's someone else at night and she must flee before daybreak. Yes. Okay, so I have to say I thought the wish was hilarious. Let's talk yes. about this wish because. It's not just a, it's not just a, in the first book, what happens is Charlotte sees Sebastian. She's like, oh, I wish he was in love with me. Like, she just sees him. It's like, oh, I wish he was in love with me. You know, like a, whatever, just like a wish that comes, you know, thing. Oh, oh man, I wish I had a bagel right now. You know? Yeah. Like that kind of wish. Hermione's wish is, I wish that I could be a phantom from um, dusk until dawn. So that I could follow Rockhurst and find out all of his secrets. And so that he will find out mine. <laughs> what is so specific and insane and wonderful. And it, I, it's, I, I could almost believe it. Because her friends are like, hey, remember that book we read? When this lady was <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I wish I could do that. You know? Yeah. It was hilarious. And I, I loved how ridiculous and convoluted it became. I love that the curse, even from the very beginning, only worked on humans. Uh-huh. 
curse or wish or whatever that like the dog immediately knows what's up and then his demon like foe immediately knows what's up and he's like there's a girl watching you yeah and he's like and she's hot too <laughs> like it was this book is so out there and fun i can't even describe like it's so fun it's it's truly out there like it 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 it's not I think that's the thing. Like, if you think about the historical paranormal romances that we've read, like Beck McMaster, or mm, I know there are others that we've read. None are coming to mind. But those, they're really taking these the vampire lore very seriously or the paranormal aspects, like, very seriously and integrating it into a more serious historical romance, historical mm-hmm. setting. And I feel like Elizabeth Boyle is really taking her trademark whimsical Regency setting because her books really are whimsical, regardless of which one you're reading, right? Right. And so she's taking her trademark writing and she's like, yeah, and then this guy fights demons, sure. You know, I, I, I really like the, just, the juxtaposition. I do too, and I think it made Rockhurst a better character. Yeah. So I sort of loved this like secret life by night for a Regency peer, except the secret life is demon hunting. Like it was really fun. Yeah. So there there are a lot of things I, I really enjoy about this book. So um okay, yeah. So that's now you have the setup. Uh so she's following him around, watching him fight demons. <laughs> Invisible at night only. And he's in, very intrigued by her because he's like, who is this woman following me around? Who... He can touch her, but he can't see her. So when he figures out that there's a woman spying on him, thanks to the dog and the demon, he like goes over to the stairs and is like touching blindly until he finds a female a, form. A boob. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I she just the way she writes it to me is so funny because like the dog she gets knocked out and the dog is like she's right he's like pointing he's like point like there she is and he goes to pick her up and he's like seriously dog like you made me grab her boob (laughs) it's pretty good it's really funny um i will say hermione gets a little bit frustrating because she's like they get intimate pretty quickly She's following him around all the time. She's, like, helping him hunt demons and all this stuff. And he's trying to find her among all the debutantes. But she's, like, really insistent on not letting him find out who she really is. Yeah. Uh, And that it got a little frustrating. Like, it would have been, like, she throws an archery contest. Because she knows, he knows that the shadow is good at archery. Which is what he calls the invisible woman who follows him around. Yes. Um, and so she she has an archery contest and she throws the contest. And I was like, you know, this could have been a nice way for you to be like, give him a hint of who you are. Right? right. Um, anyway, that, that was a little bit tough. I wanted to, I really wanted to kind of shake Hermione and be like, come on, like just... Why are you continuing to keep this a secret? Exactly. Like, you've slept with this dude, you know? Right. A lot of times. Mm-hmm. 
just you know let him let him just have a little little hint of who you might be i don't know let him actually decide whether you he's you know real dumb though <laughs> yeah there's like six or seven times i feel like where he's like oh this uh, hermione smells like the shadow oh a lot of women wear this perfume it's really funny oh hermione like was here for this moment uh can't be her i i think my favorite part of him being dumb was when he actually liked this part a lot so he goes to this garden party and he hears lavinia burke who's like the worst heiress he he already thinks she's terrible um like that's made clear at the beginning of the book hermione as the invisible phantom um or shadow like is messing with her you know she's like farting or like pushing her down and all this stuff so everyone thinks lavinia is doing this stuff so they're at this garden party and lavinia does an impression of hermione Mm -hmm. And Rockhurst is like, oh, my God, maybe it's her. And so Elizabeth Boyle does this thing where it's all from Hermione's perspective. He spends the entire afternoon with Lavinia, like paying attention to Lavinia, following her around, being on her team for archery. And Hermione is like really upset. And she's also like, how stupid can he be? She's like, he knows that it can't be Lavinia because like I pushed her over. What an idiot he is. And it comes out at the end of the night that he was doing it to make her jealous anyway. Like, he already knew it couldn't be Lavinia. I, I really liked that part. That it was fun. cute. Anyway, I know it was a lot of explanation for me to be like, I thought that part was really funny, but what can I say? I also, like, Lavinia Burke is a good character. Mm-hmm. I think when I, what I want from an unapologetic villain character yes, is no impact on the main character like no relationship no actual ability to hurt beyond the Mm -hmm. like gossipy surface level and then Mm -hmm. at that point I'm fine with them being like just unapologetically douchey (laughs) oh yeah she's terrible all right is there anything else you want to talk about before we move on to content warning I think that covers it like I know we said we were probably not going to be able to talk about this without spoiling it, but, like, there is... I don't think there's any point in giving away the, like, how the magical shit goes down. Yeah. No. It's fun. Give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. There's one thing that I get a little... I was frustrated with it the first time I read the book. I actually took these notes the first time I read the book, and then I reread it because it was, like, two years ago, and I was like, well, I want to read this book before we talk about it. They're like, ha- they're hardcore making out. It's like third base. And then he's like, I could just kill her and take this ring. I want this ring that she's wearing and I could just kill her. And he has to like get away from her so that he won't kill her. And I was like, that seems a little out of character. Yeah. <laughs> a little weird to me, but. Okay. Especially because. He can't kill humans. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you think he'd be pretty certain he's making out with a human being. I mean, she is invisible. <laughs> Still. <laughs> yeah. 
that that's like my main content warning honestly is that specific part because I it is out of character the first time it's really jarring it doesn't come up again it's not like like they make love later that night like yeah half an hour after he jumps off of her like oh my god I can't touch her or I'll strangle her you know yeah no that was just an aberration he's fine now like I was fine with him thinking about killing her their very first encounter yeah when all he knows is there's a specter behind him that's made his crossbow disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That his, like, villain is taunting him with. Right. Whatever. Like, he's got, he knows nothing other than there's a shadow thing manipulating time and space behind him. Fine. The second they're hooking up, you'd think he'd not think that way. You would think. But it, and the, yeah. Go ahead. No, just the only other trigger warning I feel like is animal death. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the dog die.com? Yes. Yes. It sucked and I did not like it. It was really sad. It was really sad. It was, it crossed the line for me. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. It's tough. All right. We already talked about it a little bit, but I thought the invisible sex was very sexy and also very funny. <laughs> I don't know. Elizabeth Boyle also just writes like sexy like Elizabeth Boyle just writes like sexy sex, in my opinion. So yeah. I think she walks a line too between explicit but not laughing at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I I it was very sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it it is very sexy, and like there's even a, look. She even goes there. She goes to the part where he's like, "I don't want her here," so I'm gonna scare her away by having like by being like, "I want to fuck you," and she's like, "Okay, fine, let's fuck." And I was like, "Oh, mighty saucy!" It was very <laughs> but, good. like in St. Paul's Cathedral Lane. They feel yeah, like uh-huh. a cathedral. This was the biggest plus to me. You know what Catholic imagery does to me. Mm-hmm. This was extremely sexy. It was really sexy. It's like really fucking sexy. This series is so much fun and so bonkers. And the two books are so different. I like will forever be really sad that the series isn't finished. I know because the, I mean, Griffin is creating a time machine. Lane. Right. So like Mary is aware of demons in london and griffin is making a time machine that book would have been bonkers totally but like it could have been reverse time travel where they come to the 20th century lane or it could have been real time travel where who the fuck knows where they went ah i'm just really sad i'm really sad that the third book doesn't exist like okay his mistress by morning will always be like one of my favorite go-to, this is just sexy from page one reads. Mm-hmm. But this was hella fun. And I just feel like the fact that both are in the same series, it's a tragedy that this isn't finished. It really is. It really is. And like looking at it, I can understand why romance readers at the time might have been like, what is this book? Elizabeth Boyle isn't known for writing paranormal romance. The, the synopses for these books do not make it clear at all that there are like 
weird, magical hijinks going on. So I could understand someone being like, oh, I'm going to pick up the new Elizabeth Boyle and being like, what is this? Fighting demons and she's invisible and shit? Where was I in 2008 college that I was not immediately picking this up and being like, this is my favorite thing? I know, but like, so I understand, I, I think I understand why the books weren't popular at the time. I think it's because the marketing wasn't clear about what they were. Well, given that the book jacket makes it sound like any random debutante yes. gets in front of a bad boy having a night out. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I mean. But anyway. This so we could out. start a vigil, what's it called? When you, like a marketing campaign that is started by people out of the blue. Oh, uh, ground, groundswell, green grassroots. Yeah, I, that's not the word I wanted, but it's what I mean. <laughs> okay. If we could start a grassroots campaign to get her to finish this series, that would be awesome. I mean, there is a campaign on Instagram. Hashtag more Marlows. You guys want more Marlows? Hashtag it. I don't think it's going anywhere, but you know, you can do it though. I believe. Saying. God know what Griffin's doing with that time machine. I need to know. I want to know so bad. I want to know really bad what he's doing with it. And we never will. Thank you guys so much for listening. We would love it. If you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet wherever you find Plot Trist.